Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Thanksgiving depression edition of Believe in Betting LA. This is episode 23. We're eight days removed from Thanksgiving, so hopefully by now my co-host Chris Lewis has burned off the Thanksgiving fat as the rest of the country has done. How are you doing this fine Friday evening, Chris? Sam, we're only moving in one direction here. The pants size is going up, and <laughs> although we're trying not to, I don't... I don't know. It's like uh, putting your thumb in a dam. I'm not sure we're going. We're going anywhere but but up at this point. Let's be honest. Absolutely, and, and you know we're we're kind of in between Thanksgiving and the Christmas holidays now. If you could even you know stay neutral with your weight, that I think that's a big win. Uh, we'll talk about winning big here in a little. We're going to break down uh, college chip Saturday tomorrow. We missed the opportunity to break down the Pac-12 championship game, which is going on as we speak. Again, this is Friday evening, December 6th, about 5.45 p.m. Pacific time that we are recording. This is episode 23 of Believe in Betting LA, and this is college championship edition for college football tomorrow. And, of course, NFL Week 14, some very big games across the NFL landscape, including the hometown Los Angeles Rams will play a massive game in primetime on Monday evening. This is Believe in Betting LA. This is episode 23. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. Joining us, of course, as you heard his voice. Chris Lewert, you can find both of us on Twitter. You can find me at smaxwell713. You can find Chris at Rock. You can find the gentleman of Stag Capital at Stag Cap. Of course, this is the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V. You can find Believe Podcasts on Twitter at Believe Podcast, one word. And on the web, you can find them at Believe.com. That's, again, B-L-E-A-V.com. You can find our podcasts and all the other great podcasts on the Believe Podcast Networks wherever you choose to get your podcasts from. That includes behemoths like iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeart, and many others. Let's revisit last week, Chris, a special Thanksgiving edition of this podcast where we broke down some college football and, of course, uh, the Thanksgiving slate last week, those three games as well. You had some very interesting takes last week. You had a losing record for one of the first times all Three and four. That leaves your overall record, Chris, at 34, 22 and four. I did, you know, one better last week going 503 and three total. My record still below 527, 34 and one. It has been a rough 2019 football betting scenario for me. Luckily, at least, I made the fantasy football playoffs in all six of my teams, Chris. Just before we dive in to this week, how, are you, how did you do in fantasy football? Did you make the playoffs? You made, you're in six fantasy leagues and you made six playoffs? I made the playoffs in all six. I got a first round by in three of them, including my two biggest leads. I led the league in points in three of those leagues. Uh, so it was a good regular season, but nothing matters unless you win championships. Am I right? Oh, I mean, maybe not. Depends, I guess, what your league is like. But that's pretty impressive. I think you should probably <laughs> you should look at the full-time fantasy game. That is, that uh, is yeah, quite I, impressive. I, I, it is impressive, but we'll, we'll update the, the audience in a couple weeks here uh, to see how I did. If I lose three games this week and three games next week, it'll be all for not. All right, let's move on. Let's talk here, Chris. College football, we're coming to a conclusion here. The regular season is over. We had rivalry Saturday last weekend. Now it is college championship edition this Saturday. That is tomorrow. Again, we will not be breaking down the Pac-12 championship game as that game is currently being played. I'm looking at a 7-0 Oregon lead right now. Would it be 
anything more like the Pac-12, Chris, <laughs> for Oregon to go in there, beat Utah, eliminate the Utes, and leave out the Pac-12 for a sixth straight year? Is there anything more Pac-12 than that scenario I just, I just mentioned? It would be very, very pac 12 of the Pac-12 to do that. And then my favorite, maybe my favorite thing all year in college football was, uh, I can't think of his name. He runs the the playoff committee, right? And he's Oregon's AD. Mm-hmm. Um, watching him stalk the sidelines uh, as Oregon was losing uh, to Arizona State. And the look on his face was just complete despair. Uh, and I couldn't decide whether that was because the Pac-12 was getting left out again or because Oregon was losing. Um, but on the plus side, and this is something we call cold water when you tout a little bit about how you're doing, even though things already began, I'm really liking my under first half bet for the only seven, nothing right now. Go defense, go Utes. Look, I mean, Paul Feinbaum said earlier this week, he caused much of a stir amongst the college football faithful that no one in the country wants to see Utah in the college football championship, which I took great offense to. And I think most people on this side of the country would also take great offense to. That being said, Utah kind of has, uh, you know, the, the power in themselves. They're number five right now. If they go out there and they beat a very good Oregon team, uh, they have the upper hand against either Georgia. Obviously, if Georgia wins, they're probably going to be in. But assuming the scenario unfolds where it's Utah against the Big 12 champ, either Baylor or Oklahoma, right now, Utah's the upper hand. So it's, it's in Utah's hands. They're certainly favored to get there amongst all the things that are still going to happen between now and tomorrow evening. Losing to Oregon certainly is not going to get them there. That will eliminate the Pac-12 from playoff contention. Let's start with that Big 12 championship game that I just mentioned. It is tomorrow at 9 o'clock a.m., Chris. The Big 12 championship from Jerry World in Arlington, Texas. We've got a rematch of a great game last month between the Baylor Bears and the Oklahoma Sooners. The Sooners are a nine-point favorite in this one. The over-under is a very Big 12, like 65. Give me your thoughts. Big 12 champ tomorrow morning. So uh, I've got Baylor first quarter money line at plus 172 right now. And my hope there is that, one, it's the price. Obviously, that's why I'm doing it. But my hope is that Oklahoma fans come flooding in early in the morning because I think they're the favorite. And, you know, if I had 25 bucks, I might just bet that over for the heck of it because that's a fun thing to cheer for. Um, But I think you're just going to get a really good price basically on anything Baylor. And looking right now, that first quarter is just, you know, plus 172. If they're going to put up any fight, can they do it in the first quarter? You know, can they get an interception? Can they get a turnover? Can they just hold Oklahoma at bay for just one quarter and squeak that out? And then you get a really tasty return at plus 172. If you remember, Chris, this game actually was not very long ago. It was only four weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago, actually, November 16th. That one was a 28-3 to Baylor lead. Granted, they were at home, and they completely choked on that lead. Oklahoma came back to win that one 34-31. So the Bears actually did, in fact, come out very hot in that previous game. They were scoring at will. They were holding uh, Jalen Hurts in that Oklahoma offense uh, at bay. So um, it, does that have anything to do with your bet? Are you, are you strictly taking the price here? Are you taking a previous outcome that you think may be repetitive of this outcome tomorrow? It's definitely price driven, but I, I mean, you're right when you say that. And I, I just, you know, I've been watching Oklahoma pretty regularly this season and last, and the defense is just awful. They stink. It's a terrible defense. Um, and Baylor can score on that. And that's why I'm hoping if Baylor can just get one or two stops and, and you know, put up 10 points in the first quarter, or put up seven points and hold them to a field goal. I'm just, you know, it's. 
that's one of those ones that you sweat, right? You sit there and you're just like, come on, and you're staring at the clock, like go, 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 go. Um, but mostly, yeah, price driven. And and yeah, previous previous uh, history would tell you is that Baylor can hang with them. You know, it's not a talent thing. They can definitely stay there, and they choked it away. But uh, just give me one time, Baylor. Give me give me 15 minutes of of good football. I think this is a lot of recency bias. This line here. Um, if you look at Oklahoma's season, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned their defense sucks. And I remember the very first episode we talked about college football way back in August, we mentioned that the Sooners defense is poised to be much improved. They have a very good uh, defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, and they were quite improved over those first several weeks of the season. Um, they held UCLA, as we remember, to 14 points at the Rose Bowl. They shut down Texas Tech. Uh, they were playing very, very well that first half of the season. Then teams started scoring points against them, and that's when they started getting into some very, very close games. With the exception of last week when they handled business in Stillwater in their biggest game of the year against rival Oklahoma State, they won that game by 18. Every other game, going all the way back until October 19th, was a one-possession game. They obviously lost by one possession at Kansas State. They barely beat Iowa State on a failed two-point conversion by the Cyclones. That aforementioned game with Baylor uh, in Oklahoma in November 16th. And then, of course, they barely beat TCU uh, two weeks ago as well. So Oklahoma's been playing some really close games. Guess what? So has Baylor. Baylor's been playing <laughs> in a lot of close games. They have been surprising the heck out of me this year. Basically, every one of these games has been close. They barely beat West Virginia. They barely beat TCU in overtime. That game against Oklahoma, they did go out and beat Texas very handily. And, of course, they played Kansas last week. But this is poised, I think, Chris, to be a very close game, which is why I'm going to go ahead and take Baylor Plus nine. Both these teams have a lot to play for. Obviously, Oklahoma, there's a little bit of recency bias there, a little bit of voter exhaustion. I think we've seen Oklahoma been there, done that. So I feel like the Sooners feel like they need to go out and steamroll Baylor in order to get this victory. But I think Baylor is going to hang in this game here. I do like Baylor to make this a one-possession game, so I'm going to take the Bears at plus nine. Let's move on to our second college football championship game. This one tips or kicks off, excuse me, at 12.30 Pacific Tomorrow, the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. This is an exact rematch of a game last week. Same place, same two teams. I was actually on the opposite side, Chris. I'll leave this one off. Last week, I really liked the Tigers at minus 11. I thought they had a lot more to play for. I thought they were a much better team. Uh, But despite winning that game by 10 and not covering, Memphis actually only outgained the Bearcats, Chris, by a total of 25 yards. It's 432 to 407. So this is not as big as the score would indicate the advantage that Memphis enjoyed. Also, I love when teams are in exact rematch. I usually like taking the underdog and the loser from the previous week. So I think both those points favor Cincinnati. They were impressive last week. They're not afraid to go in there. There's familiarity with this stadium and with this team. I like the Bearcats. I like the underdog again here, plus nine and a half. And I think Cincinnati, Chris, has a decent shot of winning this game outright. Go ahead and take the free roll. Take Cincinnati plus nine and a half. What are your thoughts here? American championship game. And sorry, I forgot to leave this one off. Cincinnati, Memphis, nine and a half point spread. The over-under is 57 and a half. Yeah, I think I've actually, I haven't watched much Cincy football this year, but I bet on them quite a bit um, and made money on them last week too. And I hate to go against them here, but as you'll see, this is going to be a theme today. Uh, I'm taking pretty heavy underdog bets, and this one's no different. Although it's not that heavy, it's just a regular heavy, I would say. Uh, Memphis, under 16.5 team total for the first half. So that's Memphis to score under 16.5 points at plus 126. Two teams facing each other again a week later. 
I think this is one of those where the defenses are going to kind of learn what happened. I think they're going to come out strong to begin on defense. And I think maybe as they wear down, you might see some points scored. Um, but you should just – it's so recent in football. This just – it's not something that very happens. And uh, I think you're going to see a much more defensive struggle um, than the line is going to let on. And at plus 126, it's the best bet that I found and the best value I found in this game. Wow, going under points in Memphis is definitely yep. – aggressive but you know i like it and, and things like we're kind of in sync here so far we both like it sounds like the other dogs in these first two games and i think as we're going to see a little bit later i think we like a lot of these teams to score points a lot of these games are indoors there's a lot to prove for the teams that are favored in these games we'll talk about that a little bit further but of course seeding in the playoffs getting into the playoffs these are all extraordinarily important things to consider when you're handicapping these games we both like the underdogs in both these games and you're taking actually the under in Memphis in this one. Let's move on. Let's talk about the game of the week, and that's the SEC championship game. It always is the game of the week when you get to this part. And again, the SEC has a chance to place two teams in the field of four. If Georgia wins, I think it's pretty well accepted, Chris, that this Georgia team, despite an overtime loss to South Carolina, will be in the field of probably be that fourth team, knock out the Pac-12, Big 12, or whomever else is trying to get into the field. However, LSU would like to get to that number seed. That's very important for this rendition of the playoffs because guess what? You want to avoid Clemson in that first round. If you do get the number one seed, you will avoid Clemson. Right now, it's Ohio State as number one. LSU desperately wants to get to that number one seed. So I think LSU is going to do everything they can to try to get that number one seed. They're going to play hard here. Let me just set the stage here for you, Chris, then you can break it down. This one's tomorrow at 1 p.m., of course, from Atlanta, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. LSU is a seven-point favorite. The over/under is at fifty-six. What are your thoughts on this one? So I've got Georgia plus one sixty-six for the first half money line, and I base—I mean, it's just a pure value play. And like I said in the last one, this is—it's just where I like the money, where I'm going to get my most value right now. Uh, I do think LSU has a lot to play for. I'm banking on Georgia being ready. Um, I've been impressed by Georgia the past couple of years in their big games against Alabama. I know they've come up short. But they look prepared. They look good. They look the equal of the better team. I think LSU is the better team. And I'm just hoping Georgia can come and kind of hit them in the mouth uh, and just get awesome value. Um, but big Coach O fan from his, from his days at SC. Uh, I remember reading lots of stories about him and how his players worshipped him. Um, and I, I really enjoy the old school. I, I don't think he has a clue what's going on. He's just wandering the sidelines. Might be listening to music on the headset. Um, you know, yelling at people, letting his coordinators do all the work. Um, so I, I just, I get a kick out of just watching the guy. Run certainly by Coach O uh, and this LSU team. You know, no one really thought that he was going to work out there in LSU. You had Ole Miss fans making fun of the hire after he couldn't make it in Oxford as the Rebels head coach. And of course, as the interim head coach for SC, he so desperately wanted that job, was not retained. So Coach O, hats off to him. He's done an excellent job, whether or not he is just a CEO, or if he is kind of the masterminds behind everything, it doesn't matter. He's getting credit for it. He's recruiting well. This team is firing in all cylinders, and they certainly look to be the part of the best team in the country. I also do like Georgia, though. They have a senior, well, not a senior, a junior quarterback in Jake Fromm, who I think we all like. He's got a lot of poise. He's got a lot of experience. This is an excellent offensive line. They're very talented. It's a great defense. However, they have not seen anything like this LSU offense, and they probably won't see anything again like this LSU offense in this conference for quite some time. This is an amazing offense, as we've seen 
throughout the season with Joe Burrow being very likely the Heisman frontrunner going into this one. They are scoring points at will, including against teams like we saw earlier this season, like Alabama. Again, just want to revisit this storyline here. LSU needs a big win here to bypass Ohio State for the number one seed, which truly, truly matters in this particular playoffs because they do want to avoid Clemson. Now, Georgia C is very good, but I do expect LSU to get out to a quick start. I'm going to go ahead and go against what you're saying there, and I'm going to go ahead and go against my brand here. I'm going to take the over because I do believe that LSU will continue to try to pile it on here. I don't think uh, it's impossible for them to get to the high 30s or even into 40 points which does suggest that this game will go over 56. I thought about taking LSU here at minus one and over 50 in a tease, but I'm going to go ahead and just take over 56. I do see a universe in which Georgia wins this game, but I don't want to take Georgia at plus 13 either because I can easily see this being a blowout. So I'm just going to go ahead and take the over here, over 56 SEC championship game. Let's move on. Let's talk about those Clemson Tigers in the ACC championship game. Virginia coming off one of the biggest wins in program history. Chris, they beat in-state rival Virginia Tech for the first time in a decade and a half. They won that game last week. Clemson absolutely steamrolled their in-state rival, South Carolina, who actually beat that Georgia team. This one's 28.5 points spread. The over-under, 57.5. This one's from Charlotte, North Carolina. 4.30 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow evening on the East Coast there. Give me your thoughts. ACC championship game here. Clemson, Virginia. I finally get to take a favorite. Although I'm only doing that because of the plus odds and, um, you know, that's what I do. I take the plus odds. I take the dog. Clemson minus 17 half, first half. And outside of the value, and I hope that goes up, plus 103 is really on the line. But that's just the best thing I saw uh, when I looked. Clemson, Dabo was doing a lot of talking last week. Virginia is a good team, but I think Clemson has a lot to prove. I think they want the number one seed. I don't think they can get it, but I think they're going to be coached up to like play like it. Um, and I would love a nice 21-3 first half Clemson throttling. Um, Clemson's awesome. They're, they've been the best team in the country for two straight years. Not really talked about a lot this year because their schedule has been lackluster and there hasn't been a lot of marquee matchups for them. Uh, so I hope they want to come out and make a statement, and I hope that plus 103 creeps up to like a plus 108 by kickoff. Um, but Clemson, minus 17 and a half, first half. Okay, first half, minus, minus 17 and a half. This is an interesting storyline. This whole Clemson season is really an interesting storyline. If they didn't almost lose to North Carolina, let's, let's say just they went in there and they won by 10 points, North Carolina. Where would the spread be? Where would this team be? They lead the entire country. They bypass Ohio State in total yards per game differential, total points per game differential. Sure, they have not had an easy, or sorry, not, not had a hard schedule. Their schedule's been uh, impossibly easy. The XCC is very, very, very down this year. But Clemson is just as good, if not better, this year than they were last year. And I think you're right, Chris. I do think that they see themselves as the number one team. I think they're going to go out there and try to prove that tomorrow. I don't think there's any chance, though. I think you'd have to have LSU lose to Georgia and the Badgers come very close to beating Ohio State in order for Clemson to sneak up there and be that number one team but this team is firing all cylinders they are peaking at the right time here I love Clemson this game I think Virginia's got a motivational dip after last I think Clemson's got the huge motivational edge they have the coaching edge here even though I do like Brock Mendehall at Virginia 28 and a half obviously that hook is difficult so I'm going to tease this down to 22 and a half Clemson and over and a half for the same reason we spoke about for that SEC championship game, I think both teams are going to continue scoring. I really like Clemson here. If you want to take him at minus 28 and a half, I have no problem there as well. But tease it down 22 and a half and over 51 and a half. 
Moving on, six and final championship Saturday game tomorrow. We did not break down every single college championship game tomorrow. We skipped over some of the smaller conferences, but we did break down the six power conferences, including, of course, that American game uh, earlier that we broke down Cincinnati Memphis. This one is the sixth and final one, the one nearest and dearest to my heart, of course, is the Big Ten championship game tomorrow, 5 p.m. Pacific time from Lucas Oil Field in Indianapolis, Indiana. We got the two Wisconsin batters taking on the number one and undefeated Ohio State Buckeyes. This is a 16-point spread for the Buckeyes. The over-under, Chris, is 57. Of course, these two teams met in late October. That was a 38-7 victory for Ohio State. A little bit misleading. That was a 14-10 game. Uh, excuse me, 38-10 win, I think, for Ohio State. This was a close game in the third quarter before Ohio State went on a huge run to blow this game out. Jack Cohn and the Badgers were not the same as they have been over the last month. And I think, you know, this was a week after the Badgers, Chris, lost to Illinois. They just did not have it that day. Since then, the Badgers have played better. Their offense has turned around. However, their defense has been a lot worse since that game. So what are your thoughts here? Buckeyes favored by 16. Yeah, I don't think whiskey has much of a chance here. Um, Ohio State looks nasty to me, and I think this is the college football playoff era very early in its infancy here, but three really, really top-tier teams, and it's actually sad that Tua got hurt because I think a four of Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and LSU would have been an absolute juggernaut of, of beautiful football to watch. In this game, um, Wisconsin, first quarter, money line, plus 244, I'm hoping Ohio State's a little bit asleep. I'm hoping Wisconsin is fired up out of their minds. I'm hoping they can catch them sleeping, hit them in the jaw, run out to a to a first quarter lead. And as per the last meeting, Ohio State will probably turn it on late and bury them. But at plus two forty four, I just can't get away from it. That's a good price. And look, everyone remembers the twenty fourteen rendition of this game when Ohio State was on the outside looking in, needed a blowout to get in. They beat Wisconsin 59-0. Gary Anderson, that was his very last game as Wisconsin's head coach. He was very good friends with the Meyer. I still, to this day, think there may have been an under-the-table agreement between those two, and it worked out for Ohio State. They made it into the playoffs. They, of course, beat Alabama, and they won the national championship game over Oregon. That was an excellent Ohio State team. Very few people, Chris, remember, for whatever reason— the more recent rematch of these two teams in this game, that was 2017. An undefeated Wisconsin team got shot right in the jaw by that Ohio State team. They went up two touchdowns very early. Guess what? Wisconsin clawed all the way back. They had the ball. They needed a touchdown to win the game. If it wasn't for a blown defensive pass interference penalty against the Ohio State defense, this could have been a much different story, and this storyline going into this one would be a lot different. So let's not go ahead and just only remember that blowout in 2014. As I mentioned this has very big implications for both these teams. Of course, Ohio State wants to wrap up that number one seed. They're pretty much guaranteed, though, a spot in this playoffs no matter what. If they lose this game, I don't think they're dropping out of the top four. They are going to be in the playoffs. For Wisconsin, very little to gain, but a lot to lose here, Chris. If they win this game, they have about a 6% chance of making the playoffs, according to the SPN's FPI. I don't think even if they do win this game, they're going to make it. But yeah. they will go to the Rose Bowl with either a win or a close loss in this game. If they get blown out, Penn State theoretically will pass them and be the high-ranked Big Ten team and will be accepted by the Rose Bowl. So there's a lot to lose for the batters in this game. I think everyone in that stadium, including everyone on that sideline wearing red for Wisconsin, is going to know the spread. The batters need to cover this. They need to at least be respectful uh, to get that Rose Bowl bid. It'll be the first Rose Bowl bid in seven seasons. So I do like the batters to be competitive here. Obviously, Ohio State is an excellent team, an excellent program. The batters have been scoring. If you watch the game last week when they 
beat up on Minnesota. A lot of people expected the Gophers to go out there and destroy the Badgers. But guess what? It was Jack Cohn that went down there, threw the ball deep. He had a season-high 280 yards passing. Quintez Cephas took the top over the defense, and they were very, very good offensively in the second half of that game. I think we're going to see a repeat of that. I think we'll see the Badgers do a much better job of chipping star defensive end Chase Young, which they did not do very well in the last game. I like the over here. I'm not going to go ahead and touch this spread, but I do think both teams are in this game long enough. They're going to score enough points where they're going to go over 57. We know that Ohio State offense is certainly going to break at least 31 to 35 points. I think the Badgers are very much capable of keeping this close and scoring some points. They know they need to do that in order to press the voters in order to get that Rose Bowl bid. So I'm taking another over here. I think this is the most overs I've ever (laughs) taken on one of these shows before. I haven't taken any unders, but when games are inside and when teams need to score points, this is what happens. That's it for the college football championship games tomorrow. Let's move on. Let's talk about the two local NFL teams. And we go for some beautiful football games with a lot of offense to potentially <laughs> the worst one, the 4-8. and eight. Los Angeles Chargers will travel to the Jacksonville Jaguars to also our 44-8 and eight this season. The Chargers are a three-and-a-half point favorite in this one. The over-under is 43-and-a-half. This one is Sunday afternoon from Jacksonville. This is the Who Wants to Be in London More Bowl, also known as one of the grossest games of the season. Give me your thoughts here. Chargers, believe it or not, three-and-a-half point favorites. You know, Philip Rivers, I haven't seen a quarterback fall apart so quickly. He's been a solid. He's had a really, you know, great career. He's become terrible, like, instantly in, like, the past three or four weeks. I don't know what happened or how it happened so quickly. Normally those things take a minute. Um, but for Phil, he's just going all the way with him. So good good for you, Phil. Have 20 kids and end your career instantly. Um, not a lot uh, of value in this game anywhere that I could find, but the one that I would put down and, you know, we don't talk a lot bet sizing here because we'd have a two hour podcast if we did, but give me a one or two unit bet chargers minus three, no worse than minus one ten. So you actually like the chargers here. I, I can't fathom putting money on this charger team right now. They somehow Chris lost to the Broncos last week, the three and eight Denver Broncos starting Rookie Drew Locke in his very first game. Drew Locke finished with 130 yards passing, just 11 total passing yards in the entire second half. Yet the Chargers still found a way to lose that game. Uh, this is a game I would stay away from normally, but I, I just can't imagine putting money on this Chargers team, especially three and a half. That being said, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get with this Charger team. They're very talented still. This Jags rushing defense is just atrocious against the run, according to DVOA. So Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler certainly uh, should have a great game. But, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and take the Jags plus three and a half here. I, I just can't imagine taking the Chargers for the exact reason for that. I'm taking the Jags. Let's move on. Let's talk about the Rams getting back in the winning ways. Here. They're seven and five now. They're hosting the 10 and two Seattle Seahawks here, Chris. This is an extremely close game earlier this season. If you remember, Greg Zerline missed a 41-yard field goal with about 11 seconds remaining that would have won that game. Even though this is a three-game difference, the Seahawks are the darlings of the NFL, Chris. Can you tell me the point differential difference between these two teams right now? Oh, I bet it's super close. Somehow the Seahawks are fighting for the playoffs, you know, looking at a good seed, and the Rams are going to go out, and it's probably like uh, under 20 points or something as their point differential. This is why it's, you know, the NFL, football in general is so unforgiving. The Seahawks are plus 36 points total on the season. The Rams, Chris, are plus 33 points total in the nope. season. That's a three-point difference. That Greg Zerline field goal earlier this year 
would have flip-flopped those two, would have obviously switched the win over to the Rams, but it also would put them higher point differential than the Seahawks. That just shows, number one, how lucky the Seattle team has been getting. And yes, of course, they are gamers. They have Russell Wilson. Uh, but it was a great – I just want to give a shout-out to the, the Dream Preview podcast. They broke this down uh, on yesterday's edition of the NFL. They went and looked at one-possession games for Russell Wilson the last seven seasons. He's been a starter since the 2012 season. They were right at 500. Okay, now going into this season, they were right at 500. This year, of course, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks have been winning those close games, and that's the difference between seven and five and ten and two. There's a reason, Chris. This spread is only one point for the Rams. They're actually a one-point favorite. This one's Monday night primetime from the Coliseum. Here, give me your thoughts. So, I think we're going to look at a well. First of all, I need to tip my cap to the Rams. They showed up last week. Uh, most of the bets, if not all of the bets I've lost this year, have been close, definitely within the margin of error. The Rams kicked the snot out of the Cardinals, and I wasn't even close on the Cardinals' money line bet. Same. I like the Cardinals, too, in that game, if you remember. Yeah, we, we so not only am, am I excited that the Rams seem to have some life, uh, they're playing at home. The Seahawks, I think, if we talked about, are insanely lucky. I think there's going to be a hard reversion to the mean, and I think the public is going to throw tons of money at Seattle, and I'm super excited about that. So I think the first appearance in this podcast is an alt-line bet. For those of you that don't know, it's an alternate line. You get much better odds, but the points uh, are out of whack from what you would see in a traditional line. So I'm taking Rams alt line minus three half at plus 152. And I think that's actually going to creep up even a little bit more as we get closer to game time because Joe Public, I think, is going to be on the Seahawks due to watching Monday Night Football and thinking Russell Wilson is uh, the second coming of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Yeah, both Russell and Lamar are incredibly impressive. Speaking of Lamar, the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause from this is, is I thought the same thing. This is kind of a last-stand opportunity for the Rams. This was a couple of Monday nights ago. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, went in there and absolutely yep. tore up the Coliseum and dominated that game. The Rams were completely lost. But I do think, you know, look, the Rams historically have played the Seahawks very, very well at home, including those couple of very dark years before Sean McVay got there. They've, they've always played the Seahawks well at home, and actually even going back to St. Louis. But yes, I, I agree. Regression to the mean here this is a big game for the Rams. If they can get this win, they are right there in the thick of it, of that final playoff spot with, you know, competing against the Bears and the Vikings and whoever else kind of falls off the radar here. Um, I really think the Rams kind of get it going here. Look, this Seahawks defense is nothing special. Clowney has been injured. I think he'll be back for this game, but I do think Jared Goff will have some time to throw, which is, of course, vital to his success. Will they be able to establish the run? Todd Gurley looked really good last week. That was the first time I could see him with a little bit of burst, a little bit more acceleration, a little more explosiveness than we've seen all season. If they can run the ball, they can set up play-action fakes. This is exactly how the Rams win games. They're going to be at home. They're going to get after Russell Wilson. I do think both will see the regression to the mean for the Seahawks, and we'll see the regression to the mean for the Rams here. And I like what you're thinking here. I think the public money is going to be on the Seahawks here especially on Monday night, a little bit extra time for people to try to get their money back. This one may flip to the other side here. We may be able to get Rams a plus one or even at a pick which would give us even more value here. So I think we're both on the same page here, taking the local boys, the Rams, to cover a one-point spread. It makes me a little nervous given how we've been <laughs> on the Rams, we've been off the Rams, we've been on the Rams, we've been off the Rams. And, of course, the Seahawks are still a good team. But that point differential stat that I brought up earlier really tells you all you really need to know about these two teams' seasons. So we're both going to go ahead and take the Rams there. All right, this was a good episode, Chris. This is episode 23, I believe, in Betting LA. We talked 
of course, college championship Saturday tomorrow in college football, the final regular season week. Well, not quite regular season, the final non-bowl week of the season. Of course, we have Army-Navy next week and NFL week 14. We just broke down the Chargers and the Rams. Any final thoughts? Go Rams. Go Aaron Donald. And I'm getting pretty excited. Anticipation is the highest form of pleasure. And the college football playoff has gotten me very excited. Playoff NFL football right around the corner. Been a good year for playoffs, baby. Yep. Fantasy football playoffs. Yeah. So to answer your question at the beginning, I was in two leagues this year. I had to drop a couple because I had a child and I don't want to light my money on fire more than I already do. Uh, So two leagues, one playoff appearance as a three seed. And I really need Alvin Kamara to get it together. Yeah. He has not had as good of a season. I I would say Alvin Kamara bust. I think he's been the 10th overall running back in points per game. He was drafted as number three overall running back. So uh, it's difficult, but yeah, not everyone can make all six of the playoffs <laughs> in their leagues. But again, you've had a much better betting season than me. So it's, it's, it's a cumulative football yeah. season and we'll see who, who's up the most money uh, at the end of February, the end of the Super Bowl Sunday, basically is really what it comes down to. So, all right, great episode guys. Good luck to everyone in betting for tomorrow, betting for NFL week 14. And of course, the opening round of the fantasy football playoffs for Believe Podcast Network for Stack Capital. For Chris Lewart, I'm Sam Maxwell. Thanks for listening. See you guys next What I could be, what I could do, then we were new. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.